one of the things that I give to all the founders is when I'm for, kind of courting them, like mm-hmm. in this the sourcing process is I, I give them homework. I'm like, all right, I've okay. got this awesome partnership through Alabama Power Southern Company. We want to be able to get you a pilot, a customer, something out of that process. What does that look like? Put it together for me. Make it, make it real. I, and then I can go to them and say, like, is this something that we can even do? And then we can we can craft that over the course of the 13 weeks. And then by the end of the, the end of the 13 weeks, you might have a multi-million dollar, you know, large scale utility company as a customer. Yeah. Maybe even a first customer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Slow Smoke Business Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or anywhere else, you notice that we've got a little something different going this time. I've got my friend Matt Jay here. Hello, Matt. What's up? Uh, and this is our first in-person episode ever. Uh, and so I've always wanted to do this. And uh, Matt is a, a, a very good guinea pig. And so he agreed to be here. Um, and we're cooking some fun stuff today. We're actually going to get to eat it. So yeah, uh, that's what I'm talking about. One of my favorite uh, cuts of meat to say, the picanha. The picanha. Matt, have you ever had a picanha before? Oh, I probably have. But okay, let me. I'm looking. I don't know if I've ever made one myself. It. Uh, so my friends at the butcher shop here uh, turned me on to this recently, and it was a total winner. It looks um, good. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I've never mastered brisket. I'm saying that publicly here in the United States. Everybody in the world can make fun of me. Um, I've never mastered brisket, but I can definitely. Uh, master this. You slow smoke it for a couple of hours. See, brisket, you got to go forever, right? Um, and we're going to let this bad boy rest for a couple minutes and then we'll dive into it. Uh, but you slice this in. We've got it at, I think, a nice medium rare. At least that was the intent, right? And we'll get into that. But before we do, let's get into this right here, Matt. Okay. You're not opposed to a, a drink on the internet, are you? No. Okay. Not at all, man. You know so, me. <laughs> Matt is, uh, Matt is has just recently taken on a role as the managing director of Techstars here in Alabama. Now Matt's background, he's my co-founder at ProctorU. Cheers. Cheers. Lifelong friend. Um, have known Matt since the fourth grade. That's right. Right. He was the guy that I would always drag into stuff when uh, when I when the tech would get over my head, quite frankly. And uh, we clang glasses, but we didn't drink. That's not yeah, that's we just got a few. There you go. There we go. So I gotta realize I gotta learn how to drink with a microphone on. Oh yeah, that's good. That's so, solid. Tech Stars Alabama, um, you you left uh, Measure Learning Proctor U a couple of years ago, and um, kind of bounced around and did a bunch of things and ended up at Tech Stars. So, so tell us how you got there. Yeah. So you know when we had that great exit in twenty twenty. I the just great felt exit. is that what we're going to call it the, the great the exit. great exit yes amongst <laughs> a lot of things that happened the great yeah. exit. Um, but when that happened, I really felt the need to give back. Um, as you know, we were both just so focused on executing, growing the business and just dealing with everything that was going on. There was so much of the Birmingham startup ecosystem that was happening like all around. And I just was like, man, I really, I really didn't give anything to that. Quite honestly, I felt, I felt bad. And I was like, I really want to take some time out and help some folks. Also, I wanted to spend a lot more time with my family. I realized that I had sacrificed quite a bit and everybody knows we all sacrifice a lot of things, but I did sacrifice some time uh, with my family. And so I didn't want to just jump into another startup, but I was really bought into that. You know what? In this time I've got, you know, I've got a five-year-old and now a 12-year-old. That's and, throwing me for a loop. Yeah, and with that time with Kelly, man, like <clears throat> you know this too. I mean, we were just grinding, blowing and just going, crazy busy. And so, you know, I was there for the birthdays and and the big occasions. But man, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't like really there. I was like on my phone. I was worrying about something burning down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you, you know, know, somebody said something to me the other day. They asked, they were like, "What is that like?" And I I, I referred to it as Building a tech company in a competitive space is a total war. Yeah. It is a total 
war. It is all consuming 24 hours a day, seven days a week, crisis after crisis. The good times really don't feel that good. And the bad times feel like the weight of the world. It is a total war. That's right. It's, it is a long game and it is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. You know, it's so funny. That, that's another thing that reminds me. I see a lot of founders that get so excited. I made my first big raise. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, you just showed up at the starting well, line. Welcome to the Thunderdome. You, know, you just like showed up to the race. All right. You know, you, you made your way to the start line. But anyway, going back to what I was talking about, um, I just felt this need to give back. And so I started to work with my local city, helping with economic development through the Commercial Development Authority for the city of Pelham. I reached out to Drew, who was the CEO of Innovation Depot at the time. And uh, he said, hey, you know, we've got this accelerator program with Innovation Depot here called Velocity. And we have Voltage, which is almost like a pre-accelerator program. And so I worked as an entrepreneur in residence for those. And I started to work with Alabama Launchpad, which is through the EDPA, which led me to Techstars. And yeah. so I think somebody from the EDPA introduced or just told Nate Schmidt, who was the director of, uh, of Techstars at the time, and he called me in and I walked into the Techstars office and on the wall of the Techstars office, it says, hashtag give first. Oh, wow. I was like, holy crap, this is like a sign. Um, and then when I started to dive into what Techstars was all about, it's truly about giving first with zero expectation of return. And that's exactly what I've been wanting to do and what I've been doing. Um, and they're all about founder first. But when I first joined you know it was a hashtag on the wall we had a lot of things on our walls right yeah. like did we actually we lived most of them yeah but sometimes you know as you get bigger you lose sight of some of that but well, mantras aren't i don't think they're labels that tell you where you are they're things you try to live up to that's right, right? that's right and so when i do when i dove into this this cohort of, of 10 extremely talented startups and started to work with these founders um man i saw what both Nate and Brooke. Brooke is uh, Brooke. She is now the CEO of Innovation Depot. She's doing a great yeah. job, by the way. Innovation Depot, a big uh, Alabama-based uh, incubator. Incubator, probably, probably the best in That's Alabama. Right. I would it, say it is like the crown jewel, yeah. of, I would say, of Alabama. In an old Sears building. Which That's is, right. It's really cool. That's right. And um, when when I saw both of them and how they put so much passion, love, and attention to detail into just those founders for those thirteen weeks. I, was, I fell in love with that. I was like, this is awesome. This is really, really cool. And so at the end of that, in, in the December, Nate was like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm being promoted. I'm going to become the general manager of the East and head of product for Techstars. I saw what you guys did with, um, with my cohort, and I really appreciated the work that you did. I think you would be a great fit to take over the program. Wow. So I encourage you to apply. Wow. And so I was like, yeah, heck okay, yeah. yeah. That was that's that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And so it was it was like <clears throat> I hate to say no brainer, but it was a no brainer. I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. So Tech Stars is like there there's multiple tech stars. It's in it's in multiple yes. cities and, and I've never I don't think I've fully understood how they all are interconnected. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So like if if Techstars Atlanta has like a big exit, does that do anything to Techstars in Alabama, or is everybody kind of on their own island? It does. So first off, Techstars is the largest pre-seed, early stage investment, like venture capitalist company in the really? world. It is. Really? It is the largest one. So it's looked at as like a venture capital firm. It is a way. venture capital firm. It oh, is a venture capital firm. Okay. Now that's starting to make sense. And so we operate in 14 different countries. We have 41 different cities. And we have over 60 programs, like, all over the world. So Birmingham. 60 different. So it's in 60 different cities. Well, it's it's some cities have multiple programs. So, like, for example, oh, wow. you're talking about, about Atlanta. They have two different programs through two different sponsors. They have one that is by the city that is, uh, like, a, a social impact type focus. And they have another one by their sponsor, Cox Communications. And so here in Birmingham... Okay. We are Alabama Energy Tech Accelerator, and our sponsor is Alabama Power Southern Company. And so they help define our thesis and our focus. So I'm looking for 12 of the best and brightest energy tech, climate tech, sustainability, and customer experience companies. And I bring them to Birmingham mm. for, for, for 13 weeks. Um, they come from all over the world. 
And so for that first month, we give them mentors. We call it mentor madness. And it's a lot, it's a lot of mentors. So they get about anywhere between six to 10 mentors that they work with. Six to 10 mentors. How does that work? It's a lot. So we'll we'll go into that. So six to 10 (laughs) mentors and then they get programming. So what we do ahead of time is we talk to them. We go through this kind of like, like process, right? Where we talk to the companies, we talk to the founders and we find out what they need and we try to tailor their, their experience to what they need so that they get the most bang for their buck. So that first month is about the programming, the mentors. The second month, it's a little less programming, more business execution. So we set a really high level of like expectation for these founders to, to work really, really hard, like focus solely, go all in on your business for 13 weeks, super hard, right? And so they are executing second month. Third month, they're still executing hard, but we're preparing them for demo day. And if you haven't seen Demo Day, it is an awesome thing. Yeah. We invite all of the investors. I'm invited. You're, you're definitely invited. I, mean, I want to come. I want to check You're it invited out. for sure. I got, I got front row seat for you. Nice. So we bring in the entire community. We bring investors, potential customers, and we pack out a place. We packed out Red Mountain Theater. Great venue, nice. by the way. Okay. I don't know if you've, you've been there. I've been there. there, yeah. It is a fantastic venue. Uh, Keith is such a great host. And like, yeah, we pack that place out and we're going to do it again this year wow and so we prep them for demo day and then once they complete demo day we don't just they didn't just go off into the world and do great things we take care of them through that entire process so we are helping them source more investors we still maintain their connections we still offer them programming we connect them with all of our portfolio companies throughout our entire network and all of our contacts so it is like truly tech stars for life wow yeah. So you've, I mean, that's pretty incredible. And I think when, you, so you bring them through that process and then they, do you sort of release them to the wild after demo day or do they yeah. sort of, they go back to the cities and countries that they came from push them out sometimes. of the times, but you know what, there's a, there's a sizable material group of them that actually stay in Birmingham. That's excellent. And we like that. Yeah, we do. Well, so if you think back to where we were when we started Proctor U, this is like 08, 09. You, you moved to Birmingham in 10? The end of 10? Yeah, end of 10. End of 10, yeah. yeah. And so not a great entrepreneurial scene, right? No. Just really not. And not I mean, there, there was there were people doing great things, and uh, but they were scattered and they weren't connected. Yep. And um, it's so much harder. Like you think about like, how, you know, how do we find, I mean, we, we spent the first couple of years, like without a lot of really good mentors, right. um, trying to find good people. And it's, um, I think you could, you could look that our business suffered because of that, because we didn't sure. have people, um, that had been there and were willing to share their experiences. And I talk about that a lot. I mean, you really got to be careful who you listen to. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> you gotta be really, cause I mean, I, I can think of an, a million that's probably a whole nother podcast episode, but I can think of a million examples of us uh, being led in a wrong direction by some advice that we got that was either, you know, self-serving by the person that gave it to the, the us, or we didn't, we didn't have the experience to sort of zoom out and look at what that person has accomplished in their career right? Um, and whether or not we really wanted to emulate where they were going. Um you know, it's a challenge. Uh, I'm going to get the meat and get, get sawing on this, by the way. I'm going right. to get the whiskey out of the way so we don't break this decanter. It's a challenge to find Ooh, look at a that. good mentor. Look at that. Man, that looks good. Look at that. Look at these fancy plastic uh, plates that my wife hey. has. Isn't that hey, something? Hey, man. I, these look awesome. Um, so, all right. This I, this is putting me out there on the internet, right? Because yeah. I'm about to saw into this meat. Which I intend. Oh, to look be. at that, man! That's tender. I got, I got high hopes. Against, uh, which I against intend. the grain here. All right. I think I'm against the grain, Emma. Are you? Uh, I am not. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> all right. That's what, all right. A, what a what a bush. It's okay. All right, against okay. the grain. Here we go. Not a. It's hashtag not a. Oh, look at that! That looks not good. Not a. Uh, look at that! that I should looks... probably hold that up to the camera. This is not a cutting board, so let me hold that up to the camera and yeah, see if you oh, if man. you're. This is the episode. Look at that. This is the episode to watch online. If you're listening, please go to our YouTube channel and check this out. Uh, this is the first time I've ever shared a meal on here. And good conversations happen over happen over a meal. The right? best conversations. So, Matt, um, 
I have shared a lot of good meals with you through the years, buddy. Like we have, we have, uh, all over the world, man, all over the world. We got some pictures to prove it. I I've seen one recently in the early days, you and I, um, sharing a really awesome meal in Chicago because I don't even remember why we were up there. I think we were scouting a potential acquisition or something, Yeah, but we got stuck. Oh God. And you yes. went to war with United airlines. Remember we, that? We both did. We did, but you dude, you took it for years. Okay. <laughs> so Matt started this hashtag screwed by United because we had, uh, we had our tickets and everything was good. And everybody was canceling flights because of snow. But United was like, no, no, we got it. We got it. And they waited. They waited until 15 minutes after the flight was to take off to cancel our flight, um, which screwed us completely because we had spent 24 hours thinking we had a flight. Uh, and then so Thank then you. we were stuck because we did, there were no I mean, there were no flights out of there for like four days. Yep. So we were like, well, we're not going to sit here in Chicago for four days. Well, they and- canceled two of our flights. Oh, I forgot about that. Remember the pilot didn't show up for one? Yeah, that's right. And then they canceled the second one. And then so we it was were, just, we it was just, just like- I mean, every other airline was canceling other flights. So I wasn't mad at them. I get, I hate when people blow up at an airline right. over weather. Like that's not their fault, but you could clearly see that United just didn't have their shit together. They didn't. Right. They weren't, they just weren't. And so if you work at United, I don't apologize, right? Pilot didn't, <laughs> just, pilot didn't show up the first time. They didn't show up. And then there was, they didn't have a crew yeah, or something. Yeah, the second time or something like and that. And it was like, you, you, you should have known that you wouldn't have a crew with a proper rest. So you're, hey, come on, come on. You're for killing the, me over here. We got us. Let's, let's get it. What's the, what's right. the word? So usually you say, let's go barehanded. That's right. Usually you say cheers with meat. What do you say with meat? Right? I don't know, man. Salute or something? Let's just say know. that. Salute. Oh, yeah. How we do? That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty rare. <laughs> that's great. I love it like that. Yeah, it was really good. So, I hit it with like some um, some brisket seasoning on the outside. That's good. I'm so jealous. He's <laughs> so Alex, who who is who is on vacation producing this. Uh, he's in Turkey, mm. but they don't have smoked picanha where he is, baby. Hmm. That's solid, man. Talk amongst yourselves. That's okay. Good. Okay. So <laughs> I good. can't let that go to waste, man. I, I was no, like, I was really, I got it. Was, it was like sitting there calling my name. So, you know, now that you're doing the tech stars thing and you've been through the, you've been through the story yourself. And those of you that don't, I mean, if you don't know our background, you don't know the Proctor you story. It's in other episodes. Tell it one day. It's, we'll yeah, tell it. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, it's a multi-part episode. It's, yeah. It's a long thing. <laughs> Suffice to say, literally, you know, shout out to Drake, started from the bottom, like just a couple of dudes from from blue collar Pensacola, That's right. Florida in the woods, right? That's right. That figured out how to build a tech company. And um, you know, what now that you're working with other startups, how do you know how do you know whether you I mean, you never know if you have a winner until you kind of get into it, right? Sure. But like what things, what traits do you look for that, that tell you whether or not somebody has a chance? Oh man. So grit first and foremost, man, are these people, is this person, is this group, is this team going to stick it through the end? Are they going to cut and run the first time that they hit a snag, a road bump, a little bump in the road, or are they going to figure, figure it the fuck out? Right. Yeah. They're going to figure it out. So it's all about like at this stage, early, early stage, it's not even about the company or the idea. It's all, no. it's really about the founder. It is all about the founder. It's about execution. Most of the time, like through the, through the process, I think people get overly, at least my perspective, people get overly hung up on the idea. Yeah. And they get, you know, they watch so many episodes of shark tank and they think that like, man, if I just come up with this idea and if I just had this good little presentation or whatever, and it's yeah. like to the moon, right? And How many just, ideas did we run at before we like proctor you? Oh, oh and proctor you wasn't even the thing. I give it wasn't even the it thing. It wasn't even the thing. Like that's <laughs> that's that's too that's too difficult to even explain. <laughs> but like, I, the example I give this this will resonate with you. The example I give all the time when people start talking, about, they get too focused on the idea. Is um, look at two ep- two two examples here. So. Matt and I came up with an uh, an online proctoring company 
where we would watch people take tests over a webcam. Now, today, if you've been in college, that doesn't sound so crazy. But I'm telling you, in 2008, that was a what? Instructors are like, first of all, you want to do what? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and first of all, there wasn't a webcam in every computer. There just wasn't. And so it was, it wasn't, you know, we didn't have FaceTime. We didn't have everything else. Really dating ourselves here. But like, you didn't, you didn't, it was, it sounded like a crazy idea. Now it sounds like a good idea. Um, The, the other example, what was the other company that we started? We tried to start a city. Well, there's that one. That's a whole other. But I'm talking about like, remember, Realtor clicks. Oh gosh, yeah. So we started what was essentially going to be um, Zillow, Zillow, Redfin, or, yeah. Julia, and so before and this was before all of those. exactly. Yeah. So that is objectively a great idea, right? But we were not positioned to execute on it. We didn't have the experience. We didn't have the backing. We nope. didn't have the not. We didn't have nothing. Didn't have so anything. we built this thing, fired it out into the world, and it went nowhere. And that's like. I mean, it's a multi-billion-dollar idea. Somebody else did a great job. It was yeah. execution. And we go to the other thing, which sounds like a much more nichey whatever, and we did a great job on that one, right? Yeah. And it's really it just comes down to timing and market fit and execution. And, and market fit is a part of execution. Figuring For out, sure. you know, if you keep referencing Pupil City, Pupil City was this social media network that we were going to build where students could study together. On, on universal, like on common subjects from school to school. And it's, 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 say it out loud, it sounds kind of silly, right? But <laughs> And then like this byproduct of that was like, oh, and it's going to have this thing where we could proctor people. Well, we were trying to create some end-to-end experience, right? Right, yeah. You could like get your textbooks, you could get all your materials in conjunction with your LMS, your learning management system. You can interact with your, your, your fellow test takers, study, and then when you're ready to take the test, we had a way to do that. So it was, we were trying to figure out this this experience from that side yeah. you know yeah and and it didn't it didn't it didn't it go. didn't but you know that's it's weird about that too and just like how ideas spin out real off i just realized um, I the smoker still on you, you think about how off. proctor u was a feature of that right right and other things that we've done inside of proctor u have been a feature that we've been able to commercialize and that's yeah. and that's one of the things i've talked to people about too when it comes to these ideas it's like don't be afraid to take a look at the processes that you use. And those can be as important, if not more important, like later on down the road. But going back to what you're talking about, things I look for, grit, you talked about execution, 100% agree on that. So one of the things that I give to all the founders is when I'm for kind of courting them, like mm-hmm. in this the sourcing process, is I, I give them homework. I'm like, all right, I've okay. got this awesome partnership through Alabama Power Southern Company. We want to be able to get you a pilot, a customer, something out of that process. What does that look like? Put it together for me. Make it make it real. I, and then I can go to them and say, like, is this something that we can even do? And then we can we can craft that over the course of the 13 weeks. And then by the end of the, the end of the 13 weeks, you might have a multi-million dollar, you know, large scale utility company as a customer. Yeah. Maybe even a first customer. I mean yeah, what a boost that is, right? But sometimes I think, um, you know, you have to listen, right? As as a as a startup, you have to sort of listen to market feedback, yep. and that takes skill in and of itself too. So, I'll give an example uh, from our background that that I learned a ton from. So, if you look at the online proctoring landscape today and the way people take tests in education, there's like a couple of different methods, right? There is, you know, the live proctoring where you've got a person there in real time and they're watching you take the test and they can intervene and everything else. And then there's this other method where it's what we call record and review. So it's being recorded. Somebody watches it later and you react to it. And and there's all sorts of like little things you can talk about in that process. But I remember uh, when the, when there was a couple of startups in our industry, so we had, we had been in business for a long time. I say a long time. We had been in business, this is probably 2014, 2013. So we've been in business probably, you know, five years. Right. And, um, we were the online proctoring live proctoring people. We had people and they connected to you and everything else. And so we had some companies in our space that started doing this record and review thing. And so we convened a bunch of our customers together in uh, an event and we bought dinner and we, we, we started peppering them with a bunch of questions. And we said, I know where you're going you know this. where I'm going with this. Going with we started saying, you know, what do you guys think about this method? 
Um, what do you guys, so would you buy, if we came out with a recording review thing, would you guys buy it? And they all universally, universally oh, said, no, no way, right? No way. And so yeah. we thought, ah, this is a fad. It's going to go yeah. away. The problem was that we, <laughs> the error that we made was that we had convened a group of people that had bought wholesale into our method. And we had just asked them, hey, would you like us to blow everything up yeah. that you're doing and start? And they were like, hell no, right? Yeah. I don't want you to do that. And so we took that as, oh, well, nobody wants this, right? Well, yeah. no, you you convened a group of people with a bias. And that that was 13, 14, right? 2013, 2014. Yeah. That was a hard customer validation question, like, like yeah. process that we learned, like a, you know, we wouldn't make that mistake again, but yeah, I'm giving um, you some more meat, by the way. Yeah, that was that this. was a mistake. I mean, it was a huge mistake, and and what it did, and eventually, Proctor U Measure Learning comes out with its own version of that service, and it took us a couple of years to realize, oh, we we <laughs> we got that wrong. Yeah. Those guys, and ironically, most of them all came around to wanting to do that uh, for for various reasons, and it was just you know, so when you when you the point of that story is when you talk about market feedback, you really have to consider the people that you're asking and why they would answer something. And it's like the old, uh, Henry, F Henry, Henry Ford. I almost said Henry Fonda, <laughs> Henry, F the old Henry Ford thing. If you'd ask people when he started Ford motor company, what they wanted, they would have just said a faster horse, right? Not a car, right? you know? And so, Thanks. um, that is, Something that you have to think, but that leads people astray too, because there's that I call it like the Steve Jobs syndrome, right? They don't you, know what they want. They don't know what they you want, know. but you get people that think, "Oh, I'm Steve Jobs. I know what people want, and they don't know what they want." Right. And that's not always the case, not right? Well, I, I think you're you're kind of alluding to this this thing that I see that too is that there really is no formula on on your product or product placements, no. and like you know, in terms because you're asking about you know success or whatever. Or a little earlier on, yeah, there, and what what to look for, and what you think. I mean, like I said, early in this stage of the game, it's about the founders. Like you said, can they execute? Can are, are they people of their words? Like, can they, you know, are they smart enough to realize them? that they've got it wrong, and yeah. they can set their ego aside and that's pivot. right. And can they learn and pivot right, right, yeah. or 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 adapt or that's right. or adapt to feedback or that's right. Can they know. learn? Can they accept feedback and grow? Right. Those those three, I, I would say that we've kind of distilled down are, are the three most critical. Yeah. The thing that I think sinks more people is this um, this view that they have to be right rather than get to the right answer. Yeah. And so the difference there is, you know, I have a team of people and they're all throwing ideas at me at a problem. Do I have a bias to make sure that what I say is correct? Or do I listen to what everyone's saying and then just walk through each suggestion until we figure out the thing that works best? Right. And I can think of an, I can think of multiple examples of this, but I remember one in particular, we had a guy who I won't name in our organization and uh, he was a leader in our organization and he had decided that um, the way that we should figure out whether we're profitable as a proctoring organization is whether our proctors can start 2.75 exams per hour. All right. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just, and I remember asking the question, 2.75, does that, in, are we accounting in that number people in customer service? And he'd go, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean you don't know? Yeah. Like, but he had said 2.75 so loud and so in front of so many people that he was, he, he had boom, stamped his name on that number. And so I remember like we went on for months and we're using that metric and it just wasn't working. Like it was clearly, it clearly was like, we kept bumping up against, that's not the number, man. Like, and, and holy cow, like who cares what the number is? Let's just find it out. But we tried to like do all these ancillary things to make the number right. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. So, yeah. <laughs> so I remember, I remember we got to a, a particular meeting where Steve, my brother, Steve Morgan, who's been on the show before, uh, who is still Measure Learning's um, global VP of, of operations and, and knows that better than probably anybody in the world. 
he comes out and definitively, without a doubt, proves that the number that we need to be shooting for is definitely something else. 2.7. Like we need to be shooting for this number and we will hit all of our quality metrics and we will hit all of our profitability metrics and everything. We have a sustainable business. And I remember that leader, the other leader that had said 2.75 kind of goes, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. And so we leave that meeting and we're all kind of like whispering in the hall. We're like, I guess we, I guess we did it. I guess we finally proved it. And then the next day, we get an email from that guy telling everyone that I slept on it and let me, and basically he had, he had spent the entire night cooking up a way that 2.75 was still the number based on what he was saying. If you actually think about how much energy the organization wasted, just trying to preserve that dude's ego. Right. And, and I, I guess that's the point of that story is, there are a lot of organizations that waste a lot of time on ego. That's right. And not actually getting to the right answer and trying to solve a problem. Agreed. Amen. Amen. Well, that, no, I'm kidding. We could could wrap the episode on that one. No. um, And, and that's one of those things that you just, when I'm looking at companies and founders, (laughs) I keep that person in mind. Yeah. And I try to avoid, you know, picking those that exhibit those particular traits for sure. How do you find them though? How do you, what, what do you look for to see if someone is like a narcissist or somebody that's going to go down, you go into the their ship? past experiences, you know, talk about, t- t- tell me stories about, you know, where you've, where you failed, where you've grown, you know, what, what you, what you've done, what are you doing thus far? And then maybe you throw like, you know me, I'm very technical, so I can, mm-hmm. I can deep dive into like a little corner or pocket and something and like poke, poke it a little bit. And so I'll do that and I'll see what they say. You know, are they open to that? Are they like totally like, oh, that doesn't make any sense? Or like, you know, and see what they come back at. That's really tender. It's, this is actually came out really, really good. good. Uh, it's just turned out pretty good. So like Who's I said, the focus of the podcast and, you know, I don't know, yeah, I'm going I'm to turn it so you can kind of see how rare it is on the camera. Um, I'm going to cut this little end piece right here. And I know it's going to be a little tougher than everything else, but it's got all the spices. It should have like a good, like, and it has a little bit of the, the outside exterior to it. I used, um, it's hashtag not a sponsor, but I'm going to call him out by name because I love him and I, I want him to come on the show. I used Malcolm Young's, uh, seasoning for brisket on this and it turned out so good it's so simple there's like a i mean it's just like salty with a little bit of pepper what kind of smoke did you use on this by the way so that's a pecan pellet okay i know people give me a bunch of crap about pellet grill this pellet that. yeah get out of here you got a family you want the food to come out well i don't have time so we talk about how busy i don't have time I got I got total respect for people that do like dude I did a ceramic hour ceramic ceramic cook because you know what my father in law is like a big time barbecue guy so Larry you know Uh-oh. props shout to out you, Larry man. but he came over one time so I wanted to like all right I'm sure that I can barbecue too right <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did we did a pull of pork and that thing's hit the stall oh, and no. like I did not want to Texas crutch it or like turbo it I just too. 212, 212.5, just let it roll. And man, it was like 24 hours oh, later. Oh, no. <laughs> like, you know, but I mean, we ended up having to get pizza that night. We had like, you know, pulled pork the next, <laughs> the next day. So, <laughs> I mean, you said it right there 12 hours, 24 hours, right? Yeah. For, for a ceramic grill. And that's the the difference in what. what that was the longest go I ever had to do. Like, what, what drives me towards the pellet grill is that I can. You know, like dial it in. It's like an oven. I hate to say that because it sounds like it cheapens it a little bit. I mean, you're you're still hitting. No, you still get good quality. Oh, you get great quality. Yeah. Like, and I was a late adopter on that too. Like, I was the guy that was like, "Oh no, you can't, Burr, you can't do that." Like, no way. And man. as a tech person too, you pick the right one. Yeah. Like well, that, don't that, say their don't say their name. I'm I, not going to say their name. I can, well, don't say their name because I haven't been able to get their founder to come on the show yet. Okay. And so I'm publicly shaming him without naming him. <laughs> For not coming on the show, but you got the right kind because that, Ray, that is Ray Carnes. Get on my show. That is the right kind. That's a big chunk of meat. Right That's there. good. Come on, baby. So, what is uh, so what's what's next for TechStars? Like you've you've got you've got a couple of good companies in there. I think right. Yeah, 
And so you got you got anybody you're you're really high on? Anybody you think's got a chance? Oh yeah, I've got um right now we've got like I'm supposed to have top twenty four, and then I narrow it down to twelve with a with a selection committee. Yeah, but I've got like thirty really really promising people. So I'm trying to like work through the thirty to oh maybe I edge this one out and you know, but it's 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 tough, man. The the quality of applicants that comes through TechStars. And uh, you hear a lot of these challenges from other venture capitalists about sourcing. Man, this is part of the brand. Like, Techstars is just so big. Like, everybody just goes to Techstars. And these, and these people are coming in from, everywhere. not from Alabama, like from all over, right? All Everywhere. 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 And I'm so, getting some more whiskey, by the way. Power of the conversation. So, um, but so so Techstars gets applicants from all over the world. But just talking about Techstars growth, so we make over five hundred investments annually. Wow, we're 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 some some years we're pushing a thousand. We're the most active. We're the largest. Like I said, the largest. We just beat out our closest competitor, which is Y Combinator. I was about to ask yeah. how this ranked to Y. So, yeah, is y we, Combinator still a thing? Oh yeah, because all I ever hear is Techstars. It's anymore. neck and neck. It's neck and neck. Interesting. So the difference between, like, if you talk about products and, and positioning, different, the key differentiator, Y Combinator believes that you have to go back to the mecca, Silicon Valley, in order to be ah, successful. Screw that. But Techstars. I can, I, can, I can go ahead and go on record and go, screw <laughs> that. And you can see, right? So Techstars believes that you can create a Silicon Valley in any community. Mm-hmm. It's all about community ecosystem and being able to do this. And so... That's why we're growing so fast. Can I go in on Silicon Valley for a minute? Go ahead. Okay. Do it. Do it. Listen, I'm going to like, I may burn some bridges with this one. <laughs> Look, <clears throat> Silicon Valley is no doubt the Mecca of tech startups. It is where the greatest tech startups of all time have come from. Yep. And every great tech startup has some level of connectivity, some connective tissue back even to ours. Even ours. Even ours. Right. For yep. sure. But I think that Silicon Valley is la-la land, right? And there's, at times, not, maybe not right now, but at times there is so much money that's flowing through that ecosystem that it, you see people invest in the dumbest shit. I, 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 I see people that it's just a half-baked idea, yeah. and here comes $15 million. $15 million is a rounding error yeah. out there, right? $15 million in any other ecosystem, in most other ecosystems, is a material amount of money, and you should be able to grow fantastic. But but Silicon Valley and most of those startups, you feel like you have to go... Swing for the fences. It's yeah, like everything's, full, a, everything's a unicorn. Everything's a unicorn. So either you're a billion dollars or you're nothing. nothing. Yeah. And and that is such a irresponsible way to teach people to build a business because you get so a guy who got great respect for Kevin Systrom is the, the name of the guy that started Instagram and Instagram went from launch of the I'm gonna take pictures and this is what I'm having for lunch and whatever yep. <laughs> right and and they go from launch to sale to Facebook in 18 months it's, okay. yes it's awesome billion dollars. Sale to Facebook in 18 months. It's awesome. It's also like getting struck by lightning five times right. in a row right. while you're holding a winning lottery ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just did trying to aim for that as your business is, is going to send you down the wrong path. Anytime I talk to somebody who is starting a startup outside of Silicon Valley and they're trying to create something that doesn't have a revenue model yet. And we'll just, we'll just build size and we'll get good luck. It doesn't work that way no. anywhere, but La La Land, yeah. right? You better start with a business model and a revenue model in mind ahead of time, or you're not going to get there. And I look like, again, I love Silicon Valley. I love it. Best cold brew coffee in the world out there. Right. It's just <laughs> right. A great. I mean, it's a great, sure. it's a great ecosystem. Some of the brightest minds in the world, but um, I think if you're outside of that ecosystem, you got to build a real business with real customers and a real ROI, or you're not going to make it. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of those types of I think that's 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 simmering down a little bit because enough people have seen the the Theranoses and all that stuff. Well, like let's, let's name it like WeWork. Yeah, WeWork. Theranos. Theranos. Um, what was the uh, 
there was a guy that started a like a buy it now button that for for things off of Amazon. I don't remember that one. Oh God! Really? I wish if you're out there and you remember the name of that one, send it in. That guy he like sponsored a NASCAR, oh, and he had wow. all these things, and they just you know you just Imploded. just yeah. yeah you just read the same you know Shakespearean fallacy. They just buy into the hype, right? Yeah, like, if they're spending if, money on parties, and I got to have goats right. at every meeting and all sorts of whatever fairy fart crap they're trying to do. And what it ends up doing is they spend more time trying to be cool and trying to look like what they saw in movies, right? you know, about Silicon Valley companies and not actually like listen to their customers and trying to build a winner. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that's, that's you're talking about too, like that, that whole mindset kind of shifted into crypto and is what has hurt it so much. Oh yeah. You know, then now everybody's like crypto. Oh, yeah, I don't want to touch that, <laughs> right. But I mean, there's still great use cases. Oh, the truth, blockchain is, and, the truth is crypto. somewhere in the middle, man. It is. So it is. like Dogecoin and all these dumb, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm using, you know, Whatever yeah. leaf coin, or but what, what sucks because that whole scam type, you know, use of the immediate return on a great technology has now stunted the growth of it. So Web well, three is now bloop, it's like, oh, what's on hold? Web three, we don't care that much about it well, anymore. But if you look at the history of the internet, yeah, right, right. So what happens? You get early adopters. So just go back to the late nineties. Okay, so what do we have? We have people building websites. We have, you know, pets.com. Yeah. We have all these things where you're going to go online and you're going to buy things only. You're going to buy Webvan. Remember that? Yeah. Webvan in the late 90s. Groceries online. Okay. Yeah. Like it was a good idea way before its time. It's true. The internet infrastructure wasn't there. People's buying habits weren't ready and it imploded. And so you have this like, cyclical nature of new ideas and technology where you get the early adopters then you get the hysteria where everyone goes nuts about it and everything that has a dot com on the end of it is going to be a winner and then you have the dot bomb implosion and then everything with a dot com on it everyone thinks is a loser and like oh that's fine and the truth was now the the real winners the real ones with real staying power end up right so amazon was was a part of that That's way right. back in the day yep. everything else collapses around it amazon comes out of the rubble is an actual winner right yeah and in the web 2.0 you had all oh, a million social media things right? right social networks we're gonna have a social network for dog walkers and i'm gonna have a social network right. for book readers and, I, and then eventually they all implode and then what comes out as the winner ones with real staying power real value props snapchat facebook instagram like they have a real reason for existing not because they were some gimmick right but because they had a real differentiator yeah i think that's what's gonna happen with crypto right yeah. you had like a thousand of them yeah and you had a bunch of charlatans there's gonna be a couple ones that's that, there's gonna be that a couple ones up. that are gonna that in five or six years you're gonna look back and go oh that one actually did have some stay in power you know what's interesting though is that going moving on to the next like big thing in tech this is the first time i've seen big tech actually scared of technology i'm talking about generative ai yeah no for sure like google's the the freaking facebook's like metas they're all afraid of it because they don't know how to capitalize on it well it's such a x factor it is that you can you can leapfrog everybody dude so we have the tough dog garage floor paint company that we're doing right right? and uh tough dog's been growing doing some good things and so we needed to send out an email we we hit a partnership with a home builder here and they wanted to send out an email to all their people that have been asking for a garage floor thing and so they're like they email me and they go hey i need you to put an email together and i was like just writer's block it was like late in the week and i was just so it just dawned on me I went to Chat GPT, right. and I spent five minutes describing <laughs> the company yep. and the product and the people we were sending the email to, and hit enter. And ten seconds later, I had a perfectly crafted email. Oh yeah, that needed five percent modification from me, and it was ready to go. I know, and it that is wild. And if you're out there listening and you haven't played with Chat GPT, it's you free. It's free. I don't know why it's free, but it's free. And it is, when you start playing around with that, I had it, by the way, I asked it to write a rap song in the style of Kanye West about our company, Proctor U. And it 
nailed it. I didn't tell it all about what Proctor U was, and it was sitting there like dropping rhymes, like, you know, <laughs> I got my camera panning and people trying to stand, you know, like yeah. it was nuts. And yeah. it, the, the ability for it to do literally anything in a 80%, you know, acceptable way is is what really is making that like a revolutionary thing it is it, it is and like i said but it, it is one of the only technologies that i've seen thus far where the big players are just absolutely scared of it do you think that there's so the fear that the average layperson is is that we're gonna have like skynet you know do you think that's a real that's, fear is that's that a, shit? that's is a that ha-ha silly? joke but i mean the the problems that tech is having with it is like they don't know how to monetize it yeah because think about it right if i could go to a chat gpt and say hey tell me what the best restaurant is in birmingham and it tells me something is it gonna go well you know these customers kind of paid for me to say like that this one this place this place or like like no they can't do that well and that's why google's afraid of it because because if you're trying to find the best restaurant in birmingham you would go to google and search top 10 restaurants in birmingham and go but if you like you go further upstream <laughs> of what right. you're trying to accomplish. And you go to an AI bot chat GPT and go, what's the best restaurant in Birmingham? And it spits it out in one second. You skip Google. That's right. And so then you skip Google AdWords Ads, yes. and you skip ev- all you skip the, everything, all the, you skip everything. Yes. Right. The whole internet ecosystem. That's how they make been, their money. Right. The whole internet ecosystem has been set up in that way. It's yeah. It's ad generated. Yeah. Ad revenue. I mean, so who knows? I don't, and I, I, I don't. No one has the answer to that yet. No, um, that's why they're so scared of it. That's, right. That's why they keep on going. Like you know these doomsday. Well, you know, I don't know about this emergent AI, the generative AI. It's so scary. What, what's stuff. generative AI? What you generative AI is I just like keep nodding. Is, is like the Chat GPT like basically you give it some seed information and it creates oh. something semi-creative like on its own. Does like that for example, like the music industry has caught wind because it made that Drake song that everybody thought was like, okay. like awesome, right? How is that done? What what engine is doing that? Because if you don't know, like so on TikTok, there was somebody uh, created a song via AI that they they programmed it and it sound and they made it they used AI to make it sound like Drake was doing this song yeah and it sounded like a Drake it but, yeah. but not only did it sound like a Drake song it sounded like a badass Drake song yeah and I, Drake should take that take it and make it a single right yeah. um and I've also heard people taking you know old school rap songs and having Notorious B.I.G do the, you know and right. how do you so what engine is doing that so i i don't i haven't looked into the specific engines that do that but what they're doing is they're training voice data sets based off of all of these artists like songs right they just take the vocal tracks and they train an ai model mm. and based off of that training because like when you're singing or you're speaking those ways that you form vowels and consonants and how, how you say all that stuff it like gets it, there's a way that you do it and the models pick up on that and can recreate anything you say based off of that training that training set. So that's what they did with Drake. They sampled all of his his material, and then they you said a voice data set, right? Yeah, the voice data. So set. what does that mean exactly? So they, they took his vocal tracks or like him talking, or that's what they do with like Trump and Biden and all this stuff when they're doing like <laughs> deep fake voices and stuff like that. They take all of the 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 audio and they sample it, they distill it down, and then they train an AI model data set off of that those audio samples and then they can use that AI data set to basically type into, you know, basically an interface to say, hi, my name is whatever, or oh, wow. and it sounds just like it. So, I, and they do the same thing with video. It's, it's, it is a nightmare scenario for so many tech industry giants and, in, and in just, you know, the internet has always been a haven of people pretending to be somebody else. Yeah. And that was always, um, you could you could always get to like we built Proctor U. Like I get you on the camera and I have you talk, and I see you and you answer questions and things like I can figure out who you are. AI starts making that hard, not just for in, for everybody right. to figure that stuff out. And it so think about this. I want you to think about this. Okay. So the I'm killer scared. blockchain cryptographic like usage for blockchain would be to authenticate content oh man think about that so if you this podcast that came out this this podcast comes out it's cryptographically signed and on the blockchain that jared morgan and slow smoke business podcast put it out it's not fake 
that is the killer like usage of this. Wow. That's how this intersection of AI and if you're out there listening to this and gonna, you program gonna, that, we want one percent. Yeah, that's right. But right. That that is that it, is no, that is that is a world use. changer of an idea. That is. And it, and only only blockchain could really accomplish right. that in a meaningful way. That's right. That's the way that you authenticate the yeah. you you maintain authenticity of a source. I mean, dude, I could go for hours okay. with Matt Jay. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna grab the whiskey here. We're gonna get a quick little fresh pour. All right, uh, Matt, I'm proud of you, man. What you're doing with TechStars, I you, saw man. you uh, from the from the early days, watching you go from a smart guy with a lot of potential uh, to a smart guy who's done a lot of great things. And I'm just so proud to call you a friend and a colleague. And so I want we're gonna start a new tradition. In the in the in person one, so let's take one last bite of the All meat. Right. You All ready? Right. You yeah. got it. You got a big hunk there, dude. I don't oh, know how yeah. the hell you're gonna do that. All right, one last bite of the meat. Damn, that's good. Oh, good. It's a little cold. That's good. Feel good. Damn. Clink the glasses. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you all you're doing for the entrepreneurship community. And likewise, man. Appreciate the friendship. Thanks, Matt. Love you, brother. I love you too, man. Man, I love whiskey too. By the way, it's good putting it out there <laughs> so thank you guys um if you enjoyed this episode please give us some feedback this is our first in-person episode ever matt where can they find you tech stars alabama where can they look you guys up they can look me up um they can go to tech stars website find tech stars alabama energy tech accelerator you can find me personally you can find me personally matt j.com yeah j dog on most social media j a e h D-A-W-G, That's right. J-Dog. <laughs> Been his screen name since Forever. he was like garage bands in college, yeah, right? AIM screen name. <laughs> <laughs> you look him up on AIM and send him yeah, a... Uh, nobody knows who, no who's watching what that is. God, you funny. date yourself when you say that. Yeah. Guys, so thrilled to have Matt here. Um, thank you for your support on Slow Smoke. We just had our biggest month ever on all of our platforms. I just want to thank you guys for all the support. If you like this podcast, please go like us, subscribe, go find us on TikTok and YouTube. Subscribe, like, give us five stars, whatever the platform's asking for. And we'll see you next time on Slow Smoke Business.